Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, we are talking about It Chapter 2, brand new movie. Last week, we we talked about It. Um, you could call it Chapter 1. That's not really what it's called, but you could call it that. Yes. Uh, so, this will be a spoiler zone. If you haven't seen It Chapter 2 yet, go ahead and turn the podcast off. Go listen to, uh, I don't know, whatever true crime thing you're into right now. And come back <laughs> or, after you've seen It Chapter 2. Or any of the other episodes we have. Yeah, if you're still listening to old episodes of our show and you got to this one by magic, I guess that would be okay, too. <laughs> that would be okay, too. So, one more time, spoilers uh, are plenty. As yes. if you could really spoil a book that's 30 years old, I guess. Yes, this is a pretty heavy spoil. Well, but, I mean, there are some some differences in the book, some, yeah, some new things. So, there could be elements that you might you want to see the movie first. Come back, watch this, watch the first one, or listen to the first podcast, too. And, uh... Yeah, and we'll be waiting for you. So It Chapter 2 takes place 27 years after the events of the first film. The Losers Club are all grown up and have largely moved away to uh, do their own things. Um, they're all pretty successful for the most part, except for some uh, hidden things that we find out about each character. Um, and then Mike, poor Mike, is the only one who stayed behind in Derry. And some shady things go down. And he calls the Losers Club back to Derry, Maine to take on Pennywise. Right. So, let's go around and everybody give their one word to describe It Chapter 2. Mine is lofty. Mm. Lofty. Mm. Because there are a lot of lofts in this movie. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it takes place mostly in a uh, two-story loft. Mostly in attics. Yeah. Andrew, you want me to go? I will say satisfying. I was going to go with satisfying. Oh, but it's you. okay. This I'm going to go with about. long. <laughs> long, okay. Interesting. I don't feel like those two words really match up too well together, though. Like, no. you're like, if I can't pick satisfying, I'll say long. Now, I mean, long is, I mean, it was long. Some would argue that long is satisfying. Sometimes. <laughs> some, might make that, some might make that argument. Okay. <laughs> the childish humor has left the building. Now. Um, I'm gonna go with deranged. Oh, deranged is a great word. It's a word we don't use often enough. Well, I hope we don't ever have to use deranged more often. Well, we do more work. <laughs> That's not a really great thing. I'm just saying it's unique. Okay. Okay. So, I haven't used uh, that one before. So we got some words. We got some words uh, thrown out here. Like I said, this is spoiler zone. So everybody at the table. I don't feel like you can't say anything. Right. So, Garrett, why would you say uh, lofty? Because they had a lot to live up to. Uh, The first one was such a cultural smash. Like, Mm -hmm. it really reinvigorated a lot of people's interest in horror movies. With Mm -hmm. that and Get Out all kind of coming out in the same year. And it was like, oh, these are really well-told horror stories. They're not just making me jump and they're not making me... It's not a crap story just hindered on how scared can you make me. It was more than that. And plus the performance of the kids. Like, you had so many... It had so many things that it had to live up to that it set... That first one set, like, a goal. So, you have a great cast in the second one. Mm -hmm. You have a decent story, in my opinion. And it had a lot of lofty goals to live up to. I don't know if it did, but it tried. And Mm -hmm. it got close. So, it did a really good job of continuing it divulged a little bit and, and went off into some exit ramps that are more in the traditional realm of horror than the first one was but i think they did a good job 
Yeah, I'll say my word is satisfying, and I think it's a kind of on two levels. I think story-wise, it satisfies sort of the promise of the first film. Uh, this idea that they'll come back and they will defeat it if it ever returns, right? And uh, in that sense, the story feels completed. It feels like it's. It doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels like a continuation of the first story, which I guess is technically what a sequel is. But a lot of movies, they're like it's a sequel. We'll just take the same characters and do, you know, uh, put them on some sort of new adventure. The same, the same thing. Or the same in a thing different, over again. In different and this yeah. just felt like yeah. part two, especially with all of the flashbacks to the first film and the sort of new scenes that we didn't have in that first movie. Um, you know, they, there's a missing su- there's a missing window of the summer from the first film. We get to see things that happened in that in that during that time period. So it feels very satisfying, like a complete like it's a completed story now. And to what Garrett was saying, in terms of the scares, the horror, I feel like it's satisfying because all of the things that happen, the scary stuff that happens, the frights you get, are kind of earned. You know, it's not just cheap scares. It's like they they set they set it up. They give you an expectation. They capitalize on that expectation. So when you're when you're scared, it's like so there's a part of you that was like oh, I saw that coming and it scared me anyway. Or it's kind of like oh, I knew something bad was going to happen. And then they get you like second guessing yourself. You're like oh something bad's going to happen. And then nothing does. And you go and you're almost more terrified because nothing bad happened when you thought it would. Um, so I felt very obviously terrified coming out of it but also just kind of like yeah yeah that was good you know that's a good movie i enjoyed myself good andrew why is it long for you <laughs> to me besides the obvious besides the obvious that it's two hours and 49 minutes um yeah i like i had to quickly come up with another one because you took my word <laughs> that's true oh but uh that's yeah. why i always have backup words uh that's that's smart way um to, way to plan yeah. and throw us under the bus <laughs> you want to hear some of my backup words sure my, some of my backup words were uh unrelenting Okay. And terrifying, because so okay. that one's kind of obvious, but... Uh, so long, I, though. Yeah, long. I chose long because, uh, number one, it was just... It was almost as long as the miniseries. So, because the miniseries is right around three hours, mm-hmm. and this movie is right around three hours. But it also, you have to tell this movie... I think you have to tell this story in a long form, because the... The book is long. I mean, we all know that. It's like over 1,100 pages, almost 1,200. Yeah, it's a pretty long book. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I, th- I don't think there, was a, there wasn't a moment in the film when – there wasn't a moment in the film where I, where I didn't think that it, was, that it wasn't necessary. There were some points that were, but like very, 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 very small details. But other than that – Interesting way to say that. Everybody yeah, get it? That like everything in the everything pretty much in this movie mattered to the first. Right. And that way if I had to re Let me let me ask it, you if I'm understanding you correctly. Because uh-huh. I think this is I think this is what what I'm hearing. You didn't think anything in the movie was unnecessary, but you think there were moments where maybe the welcome was overstayed. Like yeah. what was happening was necessary, but maybe tighten it. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. But all, yeah. but all in all, um, I was actually <laughs> I remember walking out of the theater thinking that was actually better than I thought it was going to be, and uh, it, just like the first it because I, I was, I, I mean I, I'm real skeptical skeptical about horror movies, especially when it comes to jump scares. Mm-hmm. I mean I like I think things have to have, especially in a horror film, 
learning from Stanley Kubrick, learning from uh, earlier earlier horror movies that set the bar. You have to you have to add the tension. Mm-hmm. And while this movie had tension, there were points at which I was just like, "All right, some of this is kind of repeating itself." And yeah. espe- especially with the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll get to that. Each in a of minute. the Losers Club collecting a token. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I I chose Deranged because it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think one of the first moments of true like, what in the God is happening is uh, when the Losers Club have have. Um, reunited and they're at the dinner table and right. this little like worm pops out with a baby head mm-hmm. out of the, and I was like this is a no another level like yeah. this is this is yeah. beyond what it was and now we're this is a mid chapter two nonsense um, and then it was all in their head and we got that great moment where the waitress comes in and is like is everything okay mm-hmm. while they're trashing the room yeah, yeah. but the it, is- and then that's just <laughs> the first little bit of of the madness and then it just escalates wildly. Oh, to there, over from and over again, too. Yeah. Um, so, what are some other initial initial thoughts of the movie? I want to go back to what David was saying about okay. the the scares, because for me, I said in the first one that I I liked the first one a lot, but it and it didn't have those traditional like horror scares. This one for me felt like it had it. Most of it was those traditional horror scares. Or some of those, like, just trying to make you feel creepy. Whereas the first one, the storytelling in itself and the way they set certain things up got under my skin and it made me get in my head and start thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Where this one, it was pretty well on the table. There was never a moment in in my experience where I was, like, creeped out because I thought something was going to happen and then it didn't happen, but I had scared myself. Like, most of the time there was, like, a weird thing that happened mm-hmm. or something jumped out at me that I kind of knew was about to happen. And and for me, that was a little bit of a weaker point. Like, I think yeah. I wanted a few more jump scares in the first one. This one, I think, crossed that line into that was kind of what there, it was playing. There into. were definitely more, I think, what you could call jump scares in this movie. But I feel like because you're so much more invested in the characters, and I think, maybe I'm making a general statement here, but I feel like generally in, in horror movies, I don't invest in characters that much. Not 80% usually. of the time, they are terrible. And I, uh, you're you're almost rooting for them. Yeah, to they're die. made to be expendable and most of the time. Whereas these guys, these these lose the losers. I really invested in them as kids, and so like I don't want them to be, get hurt or scared or die. And so like when there is a jump scare, I'm genuinely terrified for not just me, but also for you know Richie or Eddie or whoever's in the situation. I'm just like get out of there, you know, like you know I don't uh, don't ruin my my you know my my uh, my predictions here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also think that some of the scares were a little, a little uh, on the uh, deranged side, but also sometimes cross the line into almost humorous. And so, it's true. The, the part for mm-hmm. me where the Jessica Chastain scene—if they would have oh, let the old lady, if they would have let that old lady be as creepy as she was, and not have her turn into some like ten foot goblin thing at the yeah. end, like that was a little bit like. The old lady being creepy was really, really creepy. Yeah. And then she turned into a goblin. See, I was that, like, come on, man. See, that worked for me, though, because I didn't actually expect that. So, like, I was expecting just her to be her and, like, maybe, like, maybe her legs would be bent weird ways or something like that. But then when the camera sort of, like, reveals, I was like, oh, oh, that's not what I expected to be looking at at all. So I was a little bit scared. For, for me, yeah. 
the biggest scare of the movie was that freaking Paul Bunyan statue. Paul Bunyan scared I me. Yeah. literally... Really? Because I thought Paul Bunyan was the one who was like, okay. I thought it like, was silly. This is silly. But it made the, me jump. The initial jump, that was the first time, it was the only time in the movie that I actually yelled out loud. I was scared a lot, but I actually went, ah! In this movie now, we're seeing we're seeing Pennywise inhabit inanimate objects. A lot more, yeah. Uh, you know, in the first one, he's mostly himself. Mm. And when he does take over another person, mm. it's very subtle. Like the library scene right. in it, chapter one. Yeah, he's not in this holding, one. It's way more overt. Yeah, he's not holding back anymore. And he's jumping into Paul Bunyan statues and uh, other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now granted, and there's zombies this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's the book or not. None of us have read it. Yeah, I know that. I'm um, sure it is. I have no reason to believe that they made that up. I know that something that was described either on uh, either in an entry somewhere like a like a. Like a, like a thing about the book I read, or somebody said this somewhere, but the idea is that Pennywise, he like he initially preys on children because they're so much easier to scare and manipulate. Mm-hmm. Adults aren't quite as easy, so he either has to be more overt or he has to be more direct. Hence, a lot of the ways he goes about scaring them as adults. Um, the Paul Bunyan thing was a flashback to Richie as a kid. Which is really easy to forget because the scene just freaked me out altogether. Because uh-huh. it was so big and so loud. But uh, yeah, the uh, I think you also mentioned the uh, the zomb- the uh, the hobo the uh, the leper mm. with the uh, Deadpool oh, <laughs> reference. That was yeah, <laughs> yeah. What for Eddie? Yeah, for Eddie. Eddie in the basement. Whenever he's see, but I liked that part until it got silly again because that was the moment where they, for me, remembered that they can stand up to him. Because everybody at this point in time in the movie, except for Mike, has moved away. Right. Or at the beginning of the movie, everybody's moved away except Mike. And Mike is the only one that remembers most of what happened 27 years ago. Everybody else is forgotten because when they move away from the town, it just, like, wipes their brain. Right. So, like, they didn't remember Mike. They didn't remember the Losers Club. They didn't remember all of these things. They barely remember living in the town. And things are slowly coming back to them. And so the part where... Eddie stands up to that leper down in the basement is the moment where they should have rem- uh, he should have been like oh yeah if we aren't afraid of him then he doesn't have this power over us and it kind of had that until the leper threw up on him and then the song came what was, that, what was the song? Angel of it was the Angel morning. in the Morning yeah yeah. and that was like oh, just call me so I genuinely felt like that seemed like a joke the editors put in and like laughed about it and then forgot to take it out it seemed that it way. was so jarring yeah and so incredibly out of place yeah. it, it, it was not yeah. appropriate it's, for the moment it i my my brain immediately wanted to laugh and then i thought wait a minute why is this happening well, we exactly? just watched eddie try to save his mother right from a zombie that yeah, was right. gonna eat her yeah and then it throws up in his face and then we get a humorous joke song it was it, it was, was not appropriate it was really strange because even because like, i would love to hear from the director as to why that was in there because the, that was wrong the puking itself would have been fine because he's like making a stand he's standing up and he's like realizing yeah you can't actually hurt me and then it vomits all in his face right it's like a jug it's like a quick okay it can it can hurt me a little bit and aggravate me a little bit uh, it's not totally you know, and so like you know, or something like that. But like, yeah, it's and it's kind of weird because like they don't really, unless I missed it, they didn't do anything to kind of like set up that song. 
No, like it if was it had out, been, no, it was yeah. out of place. if it had been playing in the background on like an old radio, I don't think it was. then it would have made like okay, the music amplifies at this moment, and we, the audience, we were listening to it the whole time, and it amplifies here. That might make a certain level of sense. Um, I feel, but it just yeah, it just comes completely out of nowhere, and it's not like um, the other uses of music that we've had in the movie. I think we, we had what we had bust a move in the first one. There was another song that was used in this movie, but it was used at an appropriate time, like where they would be listening to music or where the music makes sense to play. I can't remember what the scene was now. But, yeah, that was a really jarring moment. And, um, I mean, luckily the movie kept, like, it didn't have a ton of those. Now that was the only one. <laughs> but it was kind of, it was, was it was number, it was yeah. number seven in like a row of like getting these scenes where the losers were encountering Pennywise just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it started to, they reached a point where it was starting to get repetitive. Yeah. yeah. And luckily they finally got to the climax and I was like, okay, I think we're done with the, everybody having a moment with Pennywise and some people having a moment with Pennywise twice. For yeah. me, the scene where it started to run the course was, was Bill going to that. Uh, fun house save mm-hmm. that kid i was like uh, i was like is this really necessary what are we doing here like yeah yeah i got the kid i got the part with the kid um i also felt like there were some inconsistent parts with eddie and his character i didn't feel like the whole story yeah sometimes he was scared and sometimes he wasn't yeah like, and it didn't make sense but, uh, it's more scared than others. him it, he is supposed to be scared like that is his character he's a yeah. risk assessment person he's always like worried about all of these things so like i got the throwing up part because like He's standing up to the, the zombie or the, the leper or whatever it is, and then he's like, you can't hurt me, and then he throws up on him, and that's supposed to be like a gross thing and that would mess with Eddie. Right. But it didn't. He ran away and and took it from there. But then the, there's a whole storyline with uh, Bowers, with Henry Bowers, which is unnecessary. Why is that in there? I Totally I, unnecessary. I, I enjoyed that part, but really? it wasn't a situation, but I agree it's not necessarily yeah. if required. You, if you remove it from the film, nothing changes. Nothing, no. nothing at the end of the day me, changes. Like, like, the worst thing he does is stab Eddie in the face. Right, and yeah. that goes back to my thing with Eddie is, like, he just got stabbed in the face, and he seems to be okay. Like, it do- like he got stabbed in the face with a knife. Like, yeah. that went and, like, clear throughout the thing, like, into his cheek. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he should be in a lot of pain, and he just seems like he's, like, minorly inconvenienced. Yeah. Like, no, you got stabbed in the not face. Not only yeah. was he not scared, he pulled it out of his own face and put it through Bowers' heart. Yeah, yeah he stabbed I, him several times. I yeah, thought that, that that was going to be a part where it was going to be messing with Henry because Eddie went into the bathtub, closed the curtain, and then... He's. I was expecting Henry to pull back the curtain, and it was going to be there and, and take care of him too. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was just weird. What were you going to say? No, I mean you. No, that <laughs> hit it. the nail on the head. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk about for those that keep home for the hit the nail on the head. Let's talk count. about the <laughs> the losers club as adults. Right. Let's talk about some good things. We've been been trashing a little bit. That's okay though. Well, it's not necessarily trashing. It's just. It, it, I mean, we've been trashing because I think the movie is really good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was great, but I mean, it's okay to have some. I know criticism. we just haven't gotten to the good things yet, and I yeah, don't want—I yeah. don't want to no. skew our audience to think we did not like this because we all did. Yeah, perfectly cast across the board. Yes. Yeah, everyone was pretty great. Yes. Um, and like disturbingly so in some situations. So does everyone remember who they picked as their favorite losers club in the first one? So I was me. It was Eddie for me. Yeah. Jack Dylan Gray. I also picked Eddie. You? I don't remember. What you Eddie were Richie. Picked. Yeah, You're I did Richie pick Richie. I think I ended up with Mike. Did that change? Did, is everyone's favorite the same, or, or did the grown-up versions throw you at all? I still really like Eddie, but Richie grew on me a lot more. Yeah, yeah it, I, I'm going to switch to Richie. 
Oh, you were you Richie. You were Richie. Oh, I'm, I'm Eddie. I'm sorry. You're switching, you're switching to Eddie. Okay. Switching to Eddie. So now we got three Eddies. My favorite yeah. is now Stanley. You can't possibly still be Mike. I liked Mike a lot because he got a chance yeah. to do any more. Plus, I'm very biased in my love for Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah, but no, I knew, great. I I really enjoyed uh, Beverly. But I also like Beverly in the first one, too. Um, yeah. I just think that Jessica Chastain did a really good job. And uh, Ben. Oh, I, Ben was oh, my favorite. I liked Ben. Ben was great. I do, I do wish... Pop the mic there for a minute. I, I like Mike did get more to do in that he brought them together and all this. Yeah, yeah. I wish we, I wish he could have gotten a little more depth. Yeah, we didn't get to go as in depth with Mike as we did with the other characters, mm, and right. that was a shame. But yeah. you know, yeah, because Mike's kind of already done all the legwork he needed to do without them. And, you know, I guess it's like if we had to get the, all this extended stuff with all of them, could we not just get all of them? What like, I don't one more like, I don't understand. And I guess this is sort of a question for Stephen King, not necessarily something you guys could probably answer. But he's listening. The whole, the he first movie, call in. it was Ben who was the one who was going through all this legwork of finding out all these details about the history and stuff. Yeah. So it seems strange to me that, like, he left and Mike basically took over that role. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. Like, Ben basically, I guess, what, lost interest and moved no, they, on? Well, they all forget. Well, they all forget, of course. The distance but, like, from the town made them I'm forget. Just, I'm just confused. Like, it would make more sense to me that, like, Mike also, Mike moves away and Ben is the one who stays because he was the one that showed a burgeoning interest in all this history to begin with. I guess I could see that, in but the you know, their kids change. Yeah, that's what I had to trick. I think it up Mike to. is just the unlucky one who got stuck in Derry. Yeah, Mike didn't assume. really have anything. Like his family had burned, burned in the in the house, and his grandpa was a little crazy. So like, he just he may have felt like he didn't have anywhere to go outside of Derry. Right. So let's sure. let's go person by person. Jessica Chastain is Bev. Good casting. Great right. casting. Great casting. Yeah. Great Especially casting. both physically in terms of how, looking like uh, her younger self. And How upsetting was it to find out that her husband was the same as her father? Absolutely. Oh, man. I just felt so bad. Yeah, yeah. No. And it's a situation that you see a lot in the real world. It's a really it's – a, it's, a, it's a sad reality for mm. a lot of people. Yeah, and – yeah, no, it's it, it really is a sad reality. But I'm really happy that she was able to get away from that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, yeah, she just had enough. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it, yeah, I'm yeah. done with that. <laughs> yeah, what a scumbag! Well, you know? I, I'm surprised you don't have more, Andrew, because I know Jessica Chastain is one of your favorite actresses. She is one of my favorite actresses, but like. I, I personally just don't like that type of situation, but you can't. Unfortunately, well, I don't think any of us I don't, do. No, no. I mean, none, none of us do. But like, it, it's a, it's a, it's something that you, that nobody likes, and you hate to see it. You hate to see it happen. You hate to see it portrayed. But um, I am also, I'm also very happy that she was able to resolve it. She was able yeah. to get away from it because that dude was a total shitbird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think Jessica Chastain brought a certain level of. Uh, I love, I, sensitivity to that role too because it's a very he- I mean Bev mm-hmm. has a very heavy uh, internal struggle going on mm-hmm. yeah so I, I thought Jessica Chastain was a good call for that and I think it was actually Sophia Lillis Lillis the young the actress child, yeah. who, uh, who she fan casted that part as yeah. Jessica Chastain I think I read on day one she was like I want her yeah that's neat and they asked they asked her and they asked uh, Finn who should play the adult uh, Richie and he went Bill Hader and Bill wow. Hader apparently. You think uh, these stories are true? I hope they. Well, I think they were actually recorded. So like, that'd be cool. Bill Hader apparently saw it on something, and he went, he went, ah, that's cool. And then like two days later, he got a phone call saying, hey, we want you to play Richie in it, or you got an audition to play Richie in it. And he goes, ah, geez, I got to get in contact with that Finn guy. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got some real pull around here. So then let's talk about Bill Hader ah. as Richie. Um, 
Bill Hader, um, is really slowly becoming like this really good character actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, he can do a lot more than I think he gets credit for. And I think we, we had talked off mic about why everybody's talking about Bill Hader and the attention he's getting. And I think it's because a lot of people probably don't know what he can do. I think he's fine. He, he's Barry's obviously been getting a lot of praise and he's always been well regarded as an SNL performer. But I don't think that people have ever really appreciated on a critic level or like a, a general masses level what he is able to do across the board because mm-hmm. he is so talented yes. and this is the first like dramatic slash comedy thing that he's done on a big level everything else has been like saturday night live funny or barry and that's also a dark comedy but this is a big time mega smash movie that people are going to see and I think a lot of people are like, oh, wow, he really actually is talented. And we're all like, duh. Andrew? No, uh, I always like it when I always like it when comedic actors take on more serious roles. Because I, I think that shows their true depth. And especially with horror. The, the problem with horror, the horror films, the horror genre, is that whenever you see a, a character actor, uh, whenever you see somebody like a comedic actor, or really any type of actor that you see, kind of in a mainstream as a central like, like for Bill Hader, you would normally see him as comedy. Correct. Now all of a sudden he's, I mean he he was in. I've not seen Barry yet, so I can assume that Barry is like a comedy slash drama. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sort of a dark comedy. Is that is that a fair assumption? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So to see him as a hor- to see him in a horror film, like one would normally when you see comedians in horror films, it's like a last resort. But this one is like a this one is like a big time blockbuster kind of kind of yeah. And and there's also way more depth here. And I think what Bill Hader brings to the movie is is that I think Bill Hader brings that nice level of humor. Because he is funny in it, but also that that same depth of insecurity. Mm. Yeah, and I and I and I like that. I like it when act when comedic actors especially do that, especially because the horror films are supposed to be insecure. They're supposed to pl- they're supposed to prey on your insecurities, and then and this movie this movie defines that very well. Yeah, I think um, the trick with comedians sort of turning towards. Uh, more dramatic roles is comedian uh, comedian comedians or comedic actors sort of like the 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 game in comedy is to play up to extremes in a lot of cases so it can be really hard for some comedic actors to do more dramatic roles because they're only used to playing like the furthest extreme of whatever the bit is you know what i mean whatever they're getting into so finding that more uh real version of that character because obviously bill Hader, i think is the kind of guy who could play richie a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. but he plays a real naturally f- natural feeling character because like richie's funny but he's not like he's not like it, he doesn't come across as like a character they were trying to write funny does that make sense he comes across like a real person would make these type of jokes um his relationship, the, the sort of chemistry he has with the um, actor playing adult Eddie is just as good as Finn and Jack Dylan Grazer's was, so that it feels like a real natural performance. 
I think Bill Hader turns in a really understated performance here, yeah. and it's really dialed up at the end when he goes full. He just completely breaks down. Um, he he shows that he can go that total opposite direction to full, uh, you know, f- like playing sorrow, playing misery, playing thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. which is very hard. It's hard. A lot of actors, that's where they never quite get, is being able to express the emotion without saying or really doing anything. And there's a lot of thoughtfulness and sensitivity in that. I think what's kind of interesting about Richie is, you know, you were just saying he's not like an overtly funny character, I guess. Um, I just he's funny, but he's yeah. not well, overtly funny. He's not. He's not laugh he's out not loud. Poorly no. written funny. No. Does that make sense? Well, there's a lot yes. of there's a lot of comic relief in horror movies that are just like God. This is just somebody come up with a bunch of bad pun jokes, and his are more like his his humor is is a very realistic. I think humor. I've heard people who talk yeah. like Richie. And well, what's interesting about that is that Richie becomes a stand up comedian who does not write his own material. Exactly. Like he's not. Yeah. At least in his mind, not he's not funny enough to be a successful stand up. Right. On his own merits. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like he's the kid who was just sarcastic to everyone, yeah. and someone was like, you should be a comedian, and they yeah. did it. And he did it, and he did well enough to get writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I think we need we can linger on Richie a little longer, because he had a lot of things going on. Um, he had he had a big secret that Pennywise mm-hmm. taunted him with, yeah. um, and we find out at the end he, he, was, he loved Eddie. Yeah, he was he was in, in love, love with, with Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, well, that, um, which I was feel like... really, um, really emotional. That turns out was left ambiguous in the book, but they uh, made the decision. The director and the writers made the decision to just go with it here. Well, like, and I think that what is why his character is so interesting because a lot of times when and they show that at the beginning of of this movie where they have a gay couple who are brutally beaten and. It goes back to Eddie, and you see in his flashback that he's playing in an arcade with somebody, and there's a little bit of, like, it could just be a kid trying to hang out with another kid, but they turn it into something more, and then you can kind of see it, and that's, whenever you have a secret in a place like that, and you're keeping something buried in about yourself, you tend to, I mean, a lot of people tend to react the way Richie does, where you you uh, make fun of other people and you you take their things and you make fun of them for it because you have your own thing that you can't deal with so it's easy to lash out and that's why he becomes the way that he is and says the things that he does and I think that seeing him struggle with that is a really good like I think Richie is the most layered character after this one followed by Beverly and then Bill Mm-hmm. And then everybody else. Yeah, I think Bill got a good deal of the story in the first half, and it's really kind of switches to being more for I think a little bit more for Richie and a little bit more for Beverly and maybe Ben a little bit to an extent mm-hmm. in this one. Right, ben, uh, Bill. Um, you know, in the first one, he's driven by this this desire to find his brother Georgie. That's the whole reason why they go digging. That's the whole reason how they interact with Pennywise anyway. But yeah, in this one, he does not really have a. Uh, he doesn't have a thing. He's not really working for anything. Um, Other than he's, like, seen as the leader. Yeah. And really, in this one, I didn't think he was. Um, he was kind of brought down to their level, and, and Mike was kind of the leader trying to bring them back together. Yeah. What? But, you know, they all have these different um, things they're dealing with. Jessica Chastain is dealing with her emotional and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Richie is with his uh, – his, his, um, um, 
why did I forget words? His love for Eddie and mm-hmm. and keeping the, his sexuality buried within him. Um, but Bill is still just upset about Georgie. Nothing yeah, really deep down, there's a lot of there. There's still a lot of feelings there, and Ben is still upset. Not obsessed, but he's still in love with Bev. Yeah, you were going to say something, but I kept talking. Now, uh, when you mentioned when you mentioned about the leadership, yeah, it was Mike. Uh, Mike in the beginning, and then it kind of changed to Beverly. I feel like, especially whenever they were in the hotel. Because Beverly was trying to keep people together whenever everybody was just like, we're leaving, we're getting the hell out of here. That's yeah. true, that's, that's true. That's what she was doing in the first one, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. the moment whenever Finn and or, um, Richie and Bill got into the fight in the first one, Beverly was the one that was like, we defeated them together, yeah, we, we can't do together. this. Yeah. And they were like, no. Right. No, yeah. And, um, and I, I think that James McAvoy actually does a really good job here, too, because while he may not, and in terms of likenesses, uh, I, I, don't, I think that his might be the one... The, the actor who doesn't quite look the most like the younger child, but um, he does. Ta- I mean, he does it, take it on a bit, though. He's got it, it, he's got similar hairstyle. Yeah, his he's got the voice down. He bears a good likeness. Okay, he's got the stutter, but down. it's not quite as profound as some of the others. And it's but the but but the point is, he plays the part like the adult version pretty well. I mean, yeah. I, I I wonder how. <clears throat> I'm always curious about the when actors have child versions of themselves in a movie. If there's that much conversation between the two on like things they want to pick up and do, yeah, um, I know that um, the guy who played Mike, uh, Isaiah Mustafa, mm-hmm. he talked about how when he watched um, the first movie, he noticed that the actor playing young Mike would always like grab his shoulder and his arm like this and like rub it when he was nervous, and he, so he started doing that when he felt the moment required that. And the director goes, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "I'm a." Uh, Mom. And he goes, why are you doing that? And he goes, well, because Mike did it as a uh, – the young actor Mike did it. And I thought that would be something that he would carry on an adult. And the actor, director goes, no, nah, don't do that. Um, I wanted to go back to James McAvoy, McAvoy for a little bit. I'm a, I, got a, I got a positive hot take for him. I think, I think James McAvoy is one of the greatest living film actors today who does not get recognized for being it. Sure. It's absolutely true. Um, Absolutely, he's a wave of Scottish charisma. He is insanely good. Yes. Um, if you really want to look at his like true range of abilities, just look at Split and Glass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the fact that he doesn't get any kind of like I don't remember what they were comparing it to, but I've seen several things talking about how why is he not being considered for Best Actor for all of these various different performances that he's giving within these one movies? Like he he plays nineteen different characters in Glass and Split. And it's just like, yeah, good job. Way to go. Let's look yeah. at somebody else. I mean, he really, like, uh, I mean, it's a... Who he's, knows he's, how exactly he's one of, he an Oscar I think he's one days. of film's best resources. Yeah, he's great. And I hope his time is coming to get uh, the industry recognition he deserves. Oh, I, it's a matter of time. Man, he like, is good. He's great. Like, just the way he... So warm. He does like. (laughs) It's not just that he does a believable stutter. He does the stutter the same way the child actor did. Same letters are the problem, you know. The the, the, he had the same like, uh, uh, I don't know the word. He was not very loud. (laughs) That's the best I can. Kind of had like a quiet. He was soft spoken, right? Like the like young Bill was. Okay. Um. Anything really. Uh, you know, we talked about how Mike gets to be more of a leader this time, but we still don't really get a lot out of him. 
I think Isaiah looks a lot like the kid. Yeah, I think he looked similar. Uh-huh. I think he was fine. I thought he had a good he, – he, he projected the authority of somebody who knew yeah. this, the information he was giving. Um, I remember <clears throat> I remember reading about a bunch of different actors who were considered for the part, and I was like, you know, I think obviously there were bigger names here they could have gone with, but I feel like Isaiah had the right level of like maybe enough people won't know him that when he's delivering this, they don't come with any sort of like preconceived – ideas of what this what you know how this actor is going to be so like he presents a certain level of authority when he's giving them the information of how you defeat uh uh pennywise and it really works and i i think it was a good choice going with him did anyone ever doubt mike was there ever a point where you went i don't believe him oh i got real worried at the the very end because uh pennywise said that the trick was a or the, the, the 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 thing was a gazebo referencing the first movie when they couldn't think of they couldn't come up with the word placebo and so i was like oh no did pennywise like trick like mike or like manipulate mike into bringing them back here so that he could kill them all and, like mike was going to try to be like a, a willing or unwilling bad guy and then that wasn't the case so it i i was it was it was something just slightly off from that but um yeah i got a little nervous that mike wasn't going to be a good guy for like a moment oh i thought i was i don't remember when it started but there was a part where i was deeply invested in that pennywise was mike i thought that he was especially whenever that uh whole tradition thing that he was harping on i thought that that was going to be a way in which pennywise was like brought back fully like not every 27 years it's like i'm back baby i thought that's what mike was doing and I was real nervous. Yeah. The only thing I will say is that uh, with that, what is that? The gazebo, the gazebo that he was yeah, holding around. Yeah, the placebo. Around? Yeah. The, was it gazebo well, or placebo? Is, he says gazebo because when they were kids, he was told about a placebo, but he couldn't remember what it was called, so he called it a gazebo. And oh, okay. a placebo is just like you know, okay. a pill that's not real. My thing about that was was that when I saw the five people, the etching of the five people around it, I thought what it was going to meant was what that meant was was like. Is like a sacrifice, and like either one or all of those people are going to die, mm. and that was that was my thing. Like, like Mike was not telling him something; he's holding something back. Well, that was that did end up being kind of true. He yeah. was holding something back. It was it was, but I don't remember the exact detail of what exactly they. It was that the ritual didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work the first time. Oh, it didn't work the first time. So that would and make. So he thought, but he thought it would this time. But that he, makes. Sense. He didn't tell them that it never worked. Oh, okay. That makes. Because then they would have been like, like, "It didn't work last time." Why would? Why? Did, how did he come back? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if why, it worked, if they trapped him last time, I um, didn't think that far. I want to comment a little bit too on the actor. I don't know his name. I didn't. I should have looked it up before the movie. Who played the adult version of Eddie? I think mm-hmm. that guy nailed it mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, like he's very good. Nailing James Ranson. James Ranson. I'll Ransom. tell you right now. He nailed the exact level of, like, intensity yes. that Jack Dylan Grazer brought to Eddie. That, like, screaming and just yelling at how angry you are about, you know, like... And they have the, the, the eyes are the same. The eyes, yeah. the, like, like, the brow, the eyes, just the... the and, the, the like, the, the, the note of his... Like, the speech of his voice, the, the, the intonation of his voice, how fast he gets when he's really excitable and, like, don't tell me what to do! You know, like, he's they get good. into that thing. Well, and there's like, one scene in the that's movie a good where, they see young kids' face, yeah. and then or the you see old guys' yeah, face, yeah, yeah. and then young kids' face comes up, and they overlap, and you yeah, can just cool see shot. the similarities. That was a cool shot. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you notice or, or read that uh, 
the actress who played Eddie's wife is the same one who played his mother. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, that's great. I yeah. didn't even. I didn't care. I saw just her. to just to sell the point further that he married his mother. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I didn't. Yeah, he was that. on the phone with his wife, and in, in, when he's introduced, and she is the same kind of controlling uh, figure kinda, that, yeah. that his mother was. Yeah, and oh, that was it, funny. Yeah, I didn't catch that it was the same actress, so that's cool. Huh. That's that's nice. That's good. Nice is another interesting word to describe. <laughs> casting your mother as your wife. Yeah. I mean, casting your wife, yes. Okay. Um, anything else about about Ranson? No, he was great. Um, I, I enjoyed him quite a lot. Yeah. I thought he was very, very good. Well, that just leaves adult Ben. Adult Ben. Who I think they also got right. Like, there's something in his eyes. The longer I brow. looked at him, the more I thought and he you, looked like him. And you look like little, you look at little kid Eddie. Or uh, excuse me, Ben, and there's something about like you know, obviously he's kind of an overweight little kid, but you kind of look at him, and you're like, you know, that kid's got, he's gonna be real good looking one day. You can just kind of tell something about this kid. And he's got happened? really, he's got a really gentle face about him. Yeah, and uh, grows up, gets all jacked, walking around barefoot in his house. But then you know he super d- architect during his moment with Pennywise when he has to get his token. Uh, he we find out the same thing about him that. It didn't matter. You can do all the sit-ups in the world that you want, but you're still just a little fatty kid, I think yeah. he called him. Deep down, he still has a um, uh, fear. He's still it's clearly a, like insecure an ins- yeah. and uh, kind of timid. Yeah. He's awfully timid for a handsome, uh, strong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still a lot of, he's still really he's still insecure, still pretty sensitive about his past. Mm-hmm. Somewhat what he can less into new kids on the block, though. Yeah, which is a shame. It is a shame. I would have liked. Shame. One of the top five. Uh, one of the top five boy bands of all time. Well, and one of the best running jokes was every time new kids would pop up in the first one. Yeah, yeah. And I think it came up once or twice in this one. Yeah. Um, but I would have liked some more. But Ben was great. Um, uh, another hot take, real quick, as they come to me. Uh, so the children, they they did some de aging on them. They yeah. did. On and the, on, on at the times middle. it was distracting, particularly with Richie. Yeah, uh, young Richie had a chipmunk face due yeah. to the CGI, and there was a, one scene in particular where I it took me out because I couldn't. I was like, "That's not Finn. Well, that's not Finn Wolfhard at all. Who is that?" And then it switched to another scene. I was like, "Okay, yeah, it is him. It's just something's off." Yeah, something. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite place it at the time. I just thought that they. I I just assumed that they had shot that after no. the first film, but before the first one. So like, it was just a weird thing of like we're watching two thousand. 17 like late 2017 early 2018 these kids and that's why it looked weird because i've seen them now and i saw them then but i didn't really pay attention to them in that interim but that wasn't the case they actually did use some of the yeah. uh i think it's called lola the program yeah. the d the, the de-aging the, the marvel effects. effect i guess yeah 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 industrial yeah. light big, pro- big i don't big know it was that. uh i mean i get it they're at the age where kids change a lot in the course of a year let alone two or three mm. yeah yeah. But it was just not. We're still. We're not quite there with the de aging. Not with everything. No. Software. Some places. We're getting there. Some sometimes. They and maybe the studio perfectly. just didn't have the same money that Disney does because theirs yeah. is pretty good. But sometimes it's executed perfectly. You look at like Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel, and it's almost like you wouldn't even believe it. And then sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get something like this where it's just a little bit off. It's not terrible. It's not unwatchable, but it's just a little bit off. Just. Did they put paint on their face? Probably would have had the same effect. Um, we did. We did skip over one important member of the Losers Club, and that is Stanley. Stanley. Um, 
We did not get as much Stanley as uh, I think any of us expected to. Yeah. No. Um, he uh, took his own life early on in the film. Yeah. Really uh, just as soon as getting off the phone with Mike. Right. Uh, but I will say, adult Stanley, dead ringer. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Stanley. I think he looks... Yeah. Also looked just like looking him. At, I'm looking at a picture of them both side by side, and they, and he is the closest. Like, it looks like him. It's weird. Is really weird. Part of me wonders if they did. So they did this thing. Um, I watched uh, the behind the scenes for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and when they did the de aging for Kurt Russell, what they did was they had Kurt Russell do the scene, and then they had a body double do the scene. But it wasn't just a body double; it was a face double. And they, what they did was they ran like two thousand or three thousand actors' face through a database to see which actors' faces matched Kurt Russell's like articulation points in his face and then they found the perfect actor doing that so i kind of wonder like is that how they found some of these like obviously bill Hader's kind of a big name so you go there james mcavoy if it works it works but like with the guy playing stanley it's not like a big enough part that they mm-hmm. wanted to get like a big name so i wonder if they use like that kind of thing like well, let's just run through a database and get somebody who looks you know almost indistinguishable as an adult version of some of these characters because like the ben and Eddie and Stanley, like I feel like that might have been how they went about that. Yeah, because I've never heard of any of those three actors. I know they've been in things, but never anything yeah. that I've seen, and never a lot. No. Yeah. Um. Same thing with the guy playing the adult Henry Bowers. That dude looked like a dead ringer for the kid version yeah. of him. Um. Any other like what uh, other thoughts or or like I want, uh, about any part of the movie? Hot yeah, takes. Let's things talk about we like. the ending and how much of a uh, anticlimactic experience i thought it was yeah i didn't love the ending uh, didn't love it which is element of the ending all of it, it all was of it. It, i felt like it was very anticlimactic the way that pennywise came to his demise um i i feel like what they were trying to do was harness what they did at the end of the first one mm-hmm. but they didn't work um mm. for me the way that the that it ended the first one was great they came together, they stood up for themselves, and showed that they weren't afraid of him anymore. And I think that worked. Whereas in this one, they started, like... They tried to do that, but it came across as, like, bullying the bad guy, and it wasn't like they were standing up for themselves, it was, like, putting him down. And I'm not trying to be like, you shouldn't put down a demon clown, (laughs) but... It, it didn't have that same effect. And then he just shriveled up and yeah. they walked up and grabbed his arm I, and went squish and he's done. It's just kind of stupid. It's funny because that's the whole point of like James McAvoy's character is he can't write a good ending. Um, yeah, it, well, it's Stephen yeah. King right. in, in character form. I kinda like, he wrote himself. I kind of liked it personally because it was them sort of... I, it felt to me like conquering the fear. It was like telling your, you know, like your mind will run away with what you're afraid of. But you can, through sort of, you can, there are a lot of ways that you can like, convince yourself out of your phobias or out of your fears just through, like, willpower. And it they had to take, now, it comes about kind of quickly because they kind of go back and forth between, like, being terrified. Like, they forget it's, they, it's like they forget it's not real really fast. Like, they'll be like, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, and that'll get rid of it. And then it'll come back and they'll be terrified for, like, 40 minutes before they go, oh, yeah, it's not real, it's not real. And then they go back to that. And it's like, if they just, they need to just start that. I think that the reason it worked more here, not necessarily in a movie sense, but in, in the story-wise sense, is because they had gone through that whole ritual to begin with, that it 
maybe weakened him a bit or it it, it made him more of a raw uh-huh. uh, creature because he came because he came out in his more what seems to be more of like his i don't know most beastly form uh this giant spider pennywise um that was pretty terrifying yeah i think i think there's a there's like a trope term for it that i don't know but just having pennywise be this um massive half clown half spider that is just like killing everything in sight and then for beverly to have this light bulb moment where she just goes oh we just have to pretend he's small yeah did not land for well me. it's just remembering something that mike said and i know but it's it, still it, 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 was, it was a very quick it might have like no it's not it's not good like, well, they, Mike should have been the one to remember it, probably, or the one to make the connection, since he was the one that had the initial information. He should have went, wait a minute, wait a minute, this makes sense now. But they should have also, there should have been something that was more in the realm of a clue to that being what they needed to do, because, yeah, she just kind of comes up with it out of nowhere. Like, right. they really could have done something, maybe, and maybe it's just because of how, I don't know, I don't know how strictly they adapted the book in this moment, but what should have probably made the, what would have made that scene work is the sequence with bev and ben where ben's drowning in dirt and she's drowning in blood should have been a moment that there should have been within that a moment that clues them in to that being the secret right that doesn't happen there so when she comes up with it afterwards it does feel kind of out of nowhere but if like in saving each other a cl- like some I, I don't know i don't i can't come up with the exact thing that it would be but if in saving them, the, each other in that moment, they really go, oh, my gosh, that's what we have to do is X. And maybe it's not necessarily the same thing. But, like, we have to do X. And then it's like, okay, now that, that discovery feels like they earned that through surviving together. And then together they can, yeah, bully this clown into, <laughs> into deflating. Andrew? No, no, no. no. Um, I so, like whenever we call Andrew, he just go, he always goes no, no, not me. no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't have my hand raised. It's always, I didn't, it's always I, my, your first I didn't response. Have my hand no, no, no. I don't want to be called. I wasn't trying to talk. I didn't know the answer. Uh, go on, you old oaf. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it felt very. I felt like they rushed to a conclusion really quick because yeah, we, I, well, after yeah. they put off getting to a conclusion, yeah, for like, like an hour, because like. That final battle, if you want to call it that, like, I was still, I mean, I was still trying to figure out what it was. And they were just kind of, they were being chased by it, avoiding the claw. And then all of a sudden, they're trapped in, they're trapped in Pennywise's closet. Closet. And uh, they're trapped in Pennywise's, like, realm, Mm -hmm. where they're, they're stuck with their insecurity again. And, And then everything, everything is just like, oh. Well, here's what we have to do. It's just like, well, yeah, I, I kind of agree. There wasn't really like a really, really wasn't like a light bulb moment. Yeah, there wasn't. It just, it just it just happened. And I think while I still think the film is satisfying, I think there's just there there wasn't really any moment of closure. It was just like, oh, here it is. Let's just get to this conclusion pretty quick. I think everything as long as it took took very very quick to just resolve. I honestly wish, and and this may have been. I don't think that you guys will agree with me. I but don't. I think that what they could have done to make that better is, again, when Eddie got thrown up on by that zombie thing, he should have had this back and forth moment where, 
I would have liked to have seen them go back and forth between them as adults remembering things that happened as a kid. So there could have been a moment oh, I guess there was where that. he, where Eddie should have been like, oh yeah, if we, I ha- had like this quick flash of them beating the clown in the first one. And then oh, in that moment at the very end, they all remember how they beat him the first time. And then they go back and forth with them now, them as a kid going back and forth and trying to, they're all remembering at the same time. This is what we did. This is how we beat him last time. And they implement those moments, and they they bring it back, and then the, then he shrinks down and gets smaller and smaller, and then there's that unity of them all reaching into the heart. And I think that would have they been did, better. That would have taken him. forty that, years. That, on no, 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 no. It would have just been like they're saying it as they adults, did. and then them saying it as kids, and then they do that real quick, and then they have this. The, the adults go back and finish that. The out. only real major difference I feel like between those two moments, though, in the future and in the past, is that they just didn't have weapons to beat him up with. So the first one, they're yelling at him and stuff, but they're just like hitting him with bats and. But they uh, don't need weapons in the, steel. in the second one. I'm not, not really. They, they need to recreate all the thought. whole thing, but they can just remember it, how they did it, you, and then they can have that internal confidence and say, "You are not powerful over me." Rather than right. saying, "You're a bully and you're small, you're a little bitty baby boy," and then that was just it. Just felt like it was no, a, no, a weak way that. to do it. I, it's not really. They were getting real mean with it. They're getting real aggressive. They didn't, they didn't even curse at him though. They yeah, were they just, just go, like you're a clown. clown. <laughs> it just felt, boy. it just felt like a strange message to to send after the the last two movies of this like finding yourself and being who you are, and then like the end result is to just bully your bullies. Right. Well, I mean, honestly Come though, on. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to sympathize with Pennywise. It after is. He, it is after he kills the but most innocent girl in the entire world. You don't tell someone to stand up to a bully by bullying he them. Kills. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think the message. I don't honestly. The, the thing is, trying to read a Stephen King message is always confusing it because is. I you look up like what is Stephen King trying to say here, and then you look, and then Stephen King has actually like said what he was trying to say, and you go, what? That's not even like in the realm of what I was thinking. Like to me, the message is more: your bullies have as much control over you as you allow them to a certain extent. Now, granted, when it comes to like physical assault, like Henry gets into, it's a little bit harder to overcome. But in terms of in terms of how you let them control the at your actions, that's something that you have a power to stop. I guess is maybe the the uh, uh, the message, and it's like until they take ownership of their fear, they're not gonna be able to beat him. And so when they start, you know, putting it back on him and saying, "You're not the thing you're 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 trying to be. You're not this big scary monster. You are." This, you know, you're something I can beat. You're weak and you're you're small, and you live off uh, my fear, and I'm not gonna be afraid of you anymore because this is how I see you. You know, I mean, I, it's hard to come up with real world analogies to kind of like present as what that might mean, but I don't know. I guess a certain amount of it is is trying to take a little bit of ownership over your fear. Right, and that's why I think that if they would have just unified themselves and had confidence in themselves, rather than deflect or reflect or put it on him, they bullied him rather than talked themselves up. I'm not afraid of you. You can't do this. Yeah. I am stronger than you. Whatever, yeah. whatever. It was. You're a clown. You're tiny. You're small. You're little. And he's like, eater of worlds. Yeah. No, you're just small. 
Yeah. Eater of worlds! It just didn't work for me. Eater of worlds, baby. It also just felt like, why didn't you do that an hour and a half ago? Yeah. yeah. If that was really the it, all you had to do... Yeah. What yeah. do we do this whole ritual for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they needed to, they needed to arrive to that conclusion maybe a little sooner. And like after like hundreds of years, no one ever figured that out? Well, and yeah. that's why I still think that... Just to talk were, mad game on him? To have... Dunk on him a little bit? The element of them forgetting <laughs> all of that, and then that's why Mike is so heavy on going through this ritual. He thinks that's the only way to do it. Yeah. And then they have these flashes of, this is how we beat him in the past, because we right. can't remember that. Right. And then they Eddie. remember it after the ritual fails, and they're like, oh, we don't have to go through this. We just have to believe in ourselves. That's why I think that would have been a better way to go. It did occur to me that Eddie did say while they were in the cavern, hey, guys, wait, whenever the homeless guy attacked me, I was totally able to overpower him. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh, yeah, whatever he becomes, he has to like operate based on what that thing is. Like If he's a small bug, we can step on him and crush him because he's a small bug. Now he'll take another form at some point. But, like, he has to, like, obey the, the laws of physics that guide him or whatever. Some sort of nonsense that really doesn't, I don't think, at the end of the day, make that much sense anyway. I mean, it's a it's sort of an unsolvable problem. Pennywise is a character sort of too powerful yeah. to, like, for it to be, like, a simple thing. Like, stab him through the heart. It's like, oh, that seems too simple. Uh, don't believe in him. It's like, okay, we, we won't believe in him, but it's like, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a hard, it seems like a, a hard question to write yourself out of. Yeah, well, I think I think Mike wanted to do the ritual because uh, what what they did as kids didn't work. That was the point. Right. Uh, so really, I don't see why we should believe he's dead when he wasn't the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. It need There, there needed to be something stronger and not just kind of a rehash of how they defeated him the first well, time. Well, the, the the dead lights burning out, or whatever those I mean, that, lights yeah. burning out, I guess is the closest thing we're going to have. But honestly... I think we got some visual cues that he's I've dead. Read that, but... I've read that Pennywise has reappeared in other Stephen King books set after the uh, events of the the book. That'd be after cool. the events of the future version of It. So, cool. like, you know, I mean, will uh, is he really gone? Is there more than one? You know, like, how do we know that Pennywise is the only version of this entity that exists? Yeah. All right. We're going long now. So let's, uh, any other, like, final notes on the movie that didn't get discussed that we'd like to before we move on? There was only, there was only, like, two things I was going to discuss. And and one was, was that I liked the, being, being a film fan, I was really surprised to see Peter Bogdanovich in the very, in the very beginning of it. He's Tell us there. who that is. He he's a he's a very well known film director from the seventies. Is that an but insult he, to me? But, you said I mean, very well known, and I don't know who he is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. well known for the time. Literally, only Andrew does. He had a film come out. <laughs> about, David knew. He, he also nodded. The, he he's too he, he's famous. He's famous for the movie The Last Picture Show. Yeah, I don't really know him that well. He had a movie come out two or three years ago called uh, She's Funny That Way. It's yeah. on HBO Max right now. That's the only reason I really know about that. Um, Another big cameo is Stephen King Stephen himself. King himself. He appears as the guy running the pawn shop. Yeah. That was yeah, Stephen yeah. King. That was yeah. a cool cameo. I was really – that was a situation where I really thought Stephen King was going to become a, a, a an avatar for Pennywise. So I was like, ooh, this is going to be trippy watching Stephen King become yeah. Pennywise or become some sort of terrifying avatar in one of his movies. And, uh, and then that didn't happen. So I was like, oh, well. You're like, okay. nice to see you, Stephen. Thanks for not – and uh, finally, I didn't know. I, I just I just read about this one. I don't know who he was or where he was in the movie, but uh, 
uh, an actor named Brandon Crane who played the young version of Bill in the miniseries had a cameo in the movie. Hmm. I don't know as who or what, but cool. I just read that and I haven't had time to really track that down. But the, the other th- oh. the the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention was was that if there's anything that this movie does is that it does play reference to other horror films, and one of them, two of them that I counted that I noticed was I felt like The Shining was used a little it bit. Was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, directly. Uh, he goes uh, whenever Beth's in that bathroom and all the blood, it, and, and he smashes through his he, the guy smashes his head through and goes says, here's, here's Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, like, right out the and the, the Shining. And the other thing was was that. When they were back in the house looking for Pennywise, and all of a sudden, uh, I think it was Stanley's head. Uh, no, yeah. not, Stanley's head fell out. Turned and, into a spider. And it turned into a spider. Uh, it 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 was very reminiscent of the movie of John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing, yeah. And yeah. and even more so as to one. Of, uh, Richie says, "You got to be fucking kidding." <laughs> And that's exactly what happens in the in the thing, mm-hmm. and it tries to crawl away. It would have been a movie these kids would have watched. These guys would have watched as kids, maybe. Yeah, you know, in the eighties. Yeah. Um, last thing that we actually haven't talked about, and I don't think there's that much. We don't have to say that much because we talked about it a lot last time. We didn't really talk about Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I feel like Josh is right. He has become the definitive Pennywise now. I think he should. I think as, when with this whole performance as a as a completed work, it's hard to argue. He's just. Yeah, he's he's great in this role. Um, him with that little girl is going to be nightmares for oh, years. Oh, ble- under the bleachers. Under the bleachers. Yeah. Like that was where I was like, all right, there's no That's... level of sympathy for Pennywise here. No, that little girl didn't Pennywise. deserve that at all. It was great. The gay couple at the beginning didn't deserve it at all either. Like no. he only preys on people who really don't deserve it at all. He goes a holes at the top of the bridge beating up people for no reason. And, and deserve and the victims are the one who got eaten. Yeah, screw you, Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise sucks. He's a so, jerk. But Bill Skarsgård. I'm glad we figured that out in great, the second man. one. <laughs> great, man. Uh, great. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's a dynamo in this movie. Like, he's he's pure energy. And uh, and I thought the effects were really good for the most part. We talked about the face effects, but anyway. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Um, we're recording this on uh, the Sunday that the movie has come out, so it's yes. only been out a few days. But you should have at least the uh, estimate have, for opening weekend. I do. The weekend estimate uh, for It Chapter 3, if you're listening in the future. Two. It Chapter, th- chapter 2. What did I say? It Chapter 3. You said 3. three. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It Chapter 2 debuted September 6th, way back in 2019, if you're wow. listening from the future. Uh, it finished. <laughs> uh, it's going to finish with a number one in the number one spot with a three-day opening. Of uh, probably ninety one to ninety four million, Dang. like estimates usually have a pretty big. There's a pretty big swing one way or the other, but um, chances are it's probably going to finish with at least ninety one million dollars. People like that um, clown, which is pretty much as high as you get in terms of a horror movie without being it. Chapter one, mm-hmm. you know, chapter one, uh, I think has the record right now with one hundred twenty three million dollar opening weekend. Uh, you could probably project it to do just a little bit under uh, worldwide what it chapter one did, which did about. Uh, Something like six hundred million dollars or something. So we're probably gonna get more of that here. Um, it had a thirty-seven million dollar opening day. That I can at least say with some certainty. All right. Um, in terms of what its competition is right now, we Nothing. have uh, Angel Has Fallen, which is a sequel to uh, uh, London Has Fallen and uh, Olympia Olympus, 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 Olympus Has Fallen, Olympus 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 which is a kind of an underrated series that nobody's. Uh, 
aware. I don't even. Series. Yeah, I, I don't think it has any idea as a series. The, the 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 Fallen series. I don't know if that's based on a book or series of books or what. Also out is a uh, Good Boys, which you guys I think saw. Yep. Uh, the Lion King is still hanging in there at number four. Why? At number five we have uh, Overcomer. At number six, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, still hanging in there. Um, but it's it's dropped down pretty far too. It's that only made three million dollars this weekend. Um, the Peanut Butter the Falcon is below the Lion King. And then uh, number seven, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Anybody see that yet? No. Uh, anyway, that's a horror movie I probably wouldn't go see. Uh, Ready or Not, Dora the Explorer and the Lost City of Gold comes in at number ten. Nice. So uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's already dropped to number eleven. Wow. You say already? It's been out seven weeks. Has it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it'd been out four. No. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong, at the wrong, uh, the wrong. Yeah, thing. you're looking at uh, look at the wrong Birds road movie too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really are. That's the one that's been out four weeks. I'm looking at the wrong I, road. I'm also looking at the. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, it chapter one went on to make 327 million dollars in the United States. So I think we can expect a similar number for it chapter two, maybe a little less. Um, Neat. Uh, probably a low 300s. So it had a it chapter one had a 14 week run. And so I imagine probably get 14 weeks out of this. They'll probably leave this in until just before Christmas. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe they'll leave it in through Christmas. You never know. Um, an interesting thing that Box Office Mojo noted was uh, they do a lot of exit polling and a lot of, a lot of demographic polling as well for mm-hmm. the movies. And uh, as a, apparently, um, It Chapter 1 had a large, uh, or at least had a majority of the f- audiences for the first movie were female. It was a 51% female audience. However, for it chapter two so far, it's only forty-seven percent women. So there might be well, a question at. of uh, what is it between one and two that's getting that's drawing more uh, more men or less women. Uh, who knows? That's always something I'm always curious about is audience demographic, but uh-huh. it's so hard to track that kind of thing. Um, at least with the technology I have, I don't really have access to some of the stuff that these people do. Uh, right now, uh, hang on. If it does, if it does make ninety million dollars this weekend it'll already be sitting pretty well in terms of the top movie of 2019 um it's obviously not going to catch avengers endgame but at 90 million dollars it'll be sitting right at number 21 right behind rocket man and um i could definitely see it finishing somewhere between uh, john wick and fast and the furious yeah, probably a top 10 it could possibly pass us you know which would be which would be uh be pretty impressive number. Um, us right now is kind of the the gatekeeper there for the hundred thousand dollar mark. It's got one seventy five, and yeah, the next movie ups like a four hundred dollar movie. Highest grossing horror film of the year too. Right now, right now we'll see how it chapter two goes through the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have any other real details. Um, cool. Yeah, it's going to uh, be pretty good. I think. I think we're gonna. Hopefully this reinvigorates either the horror genre or uh, the Stephen King genre. <laughs> Let's have both. The director of the film is going on to direct Flash as of right now. Huh. Oh, we'll okay. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I'm still not confident that movie's going to happen. Who kn- It may not ever happen. It may Now that it's got a director who's got a real bankable name right now because yeah. these two films have really had a pretty good impact, I think. So we'll see what happens. So who's doing uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I don't remember. One last week. <laughs> I believe Andrew did, but we also skipped David because I saw the results. Oh, so yeah. You guys can so answer you, now. Yeah. All right. Well, Andrew's going to do All it. Right. Sweet. You do it, Andrew. You All get right, no say. It. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't need a say. He says a lot. He does. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, while he's pulling it up, mm-hmm. what is everyone's guess? 
Oh. 82. 82. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 91. Oh, pretty high. Pretty high. I feel like it's got good reviews so far, but I really haven't read any. I'm going to say... Seventy-five. I feel like it's got good buzz. Hey, look at that! We finally have a, like a range. Seventy-five. Here. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Heard some complaints. According to Rotten Tomatoes, critics' consensus: <clears throat> It Chapter Two proves bigger. Proves bigger doesn't always mean scarier for horror sequels, but a fine cast and a faithful approach to the source material keeps this follow-up afloat. <laughs> See what they did there? Afloat. You'll float, float too. too. I'm going to float, too. float so, mine up to 85. So 85. I'm going to drop mine down to 88. I'm going to keep mine at 75. 85, 88, 85, 88, 75? Yes. So 85, 88, 75. According to Rotten Tomatoes, it chapter two on the thermometer, 64. Oh, Wow. That's dang near. That's flirting with rotten territory. Yeah, flirting. I'm very surprised. It's not. It's not that. With an audience, what what is the audience score? The audience score is eighty-one. Wow. The audience score, I feel like, is more in line with what an actual human would review. I would, I would agree. I would agree. That's why this 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 aggregating thing doesn't always 64. turn out so well. Yeah. sixty-four. It ain't that that's bad. A, that's a low. That's it ain't that bad. bad. That's, that's like a, a D. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is like D's a, do this, not get degrees. This is a B plus at best. Or yeah. at worst. I'd have thought so. It's pretty good. It's terrifying. Well, that John Bun- Paul Bunyan thinks it'll scare me all day. Cool. Well, I'm all right, what's our personal one. ranks? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think it's a three for me. Three out of five. I think. Uh, three and a half. I'm gonna go with another four. I think. It, I think. I thought that it would be having a more conclusive ending uh-huh. would bring it all the way up to a five because I liked that first one so much. But I feel like together it's two good four and four like two good four star films. It's just or four red balloon films. <laughs> yeah. I would I would I would venture to say probably just a four. I think a four is fair. And the reason why is that it's just it's a good hor- it's a four good Four is very good, I should say. Yeah, like, four, yeah. Is, four out of five is a very good movie. Four is very good. It's more four and a half fair. and five are reserved for me. I feel like my three is fair. But yeah. but Yours like is good. there's there's there hasn't been a whole lot of times when I've left the theater kind of satisfied, and I feel like this is one of those times just like, oh, okay, this actually actually does it, and it was satisfying to me at least. Satisfying is okay. better than fair. That's true. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, what's next? Well, next we uh, we got to spin the wheel. We got us okay. So let's do some let's do some uh, some housekeeping here. We're gonna let you in on the in on the how the sausage is made here, folks. So we're gonna have a. Uh, potentially a bonus episode next week. We're going to have sort of a off-topic sequel maybe discussion. Uh, it might be just me and Garrett. It might be me and Andrew. It definitely won't be Josh. Josh um, won't be here. Uh, so I'm upset about it. I've never missed an episode. Uh, be the first I'm the only missed. one who's never missed an episode. Well, I think Although I you would... haven't since you started. I haven't yeah. since I started. Uh, that's why uh, That's why uh, I think a bonus episode is good to go with because, you know, bonus episode is not really part of the main canon. That's true. Uh, It'll always have an asterisk. I yeah. won't count it. It's, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> I will never miss an episode. <laughs> it's expanded universe stuff, the bonus episodes. So, um, so yeah, we'll look into, we're going to look into that, and then we are going to, uh, uh, after that, come back, and I think we're going to try to do another movie that's just a two-parter. Because I hope so. Because we have plans for October. October is sort of our... 
Everybody knows. Our, All the fans know. We love our Halloween movies. Love our October. Halloween movies. Oh we're yeah. Some, we're gonna do a couple of cool horror horror genre ish kind of movies yeah. in 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 October. So we got to come up with a quick two parter. Yep. So I've got a list here from our official list of just the two part films. How'd you do that? Uh, I just sorted it. Uh, I have all. I have. I a long time ago, I made a list of how many movies are in each franchise on our list, and then I just uh, sorted it in a spreadsheet. Man, you made this more difficult than than anything. <laughs> For real, I have that the same list, and I just generated a bunch of numbers, and I was going to skip anything that wasn't a two part. You could do that too. You could do that too. <laughs> I that mean, way we still get to do our. We feature. have a surprising number of two parter films we can pick, or two parter series let's, we can pick here. Let's do the wheel then. So if we got that many. Do the wheel, and we'll see where we land. Out. All right, fifty-seven. Sicario. Is that is a two-part? That, so That's you're two only part. reading two. I parters. will only read two parters. Um, uh, okay, if you're you, only reading two parters, yeah, you'll that be helps. back by the time for this. Yeah. You gonna y'all gonna make me go first? Oh, uh, I'll veto. Okay, and uh, David is vetoing. I don't even know what Sicario is about. I don't want to. He doesn't want to know. Sicario Day of the. I know Andrew doesn't like that movie. So what? You don't like that movie, Sicario. Sicario. It was a difficult one. Next. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Uh, let's see what the next one is. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Clerks. Oh, that yeah. wouldn't be bad. I'd like to analyze that. Okay, I'd go for Clerks. I, I could be fine go. with that. I would. I don't feel the need to veto Clerks. No, I love Clerks. All right. Well, then we're doing Clerks. All right. Uh, after the bonus episode, Clerks one and two, before we kick off our Halloween spooktacular. Boom. Yep. Neat. Well, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. I am too. Clerks is, uh, Kevin Clerks Smith. Is a, I never watched listen, Clerks too. We could get Kevin Smith to listen to this. No. I think so. Yes, we can. I've interacted with him on Twitter before. Yes, we can. I think we can try get him in touch with an interview. <laughs> okay, well then that's your two's <laughs> job is to get uh, Kevin to at least uh, acknowledge our existence in some way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna believe we can talk to him, but if we can get him to acknowledge us, right? That's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Okay, can do. Uh, all right, cool. So we will be back, uh, or some of us will be back next week with uh, some sort of fun thing. And then after that, we'll get back on track with Clerks 1 and 2 before Halloween. You can find us online at facebook.com slash pod as well as on Instagram and Twitter. Really, is anyone even on Facebook? It's just Instagram and Twitter these days. I mean, our Facebook's not that popular, but a lot of people use it for stuff. <laughs> Old people. I feel like we have, I feel like <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, you follow us on Twitter, you're going to get the majority of what we're doing. And yeah. uh, and then obviously check out all our podcast sites. Yeah, um, we're we're streaming almost anywhere you could think. So uh, streaming um, online in over thirty five times zones. Yeah, that's right. Have. Several. Times. <laughs> whatever whatever you stream on, search for us. You can find us there. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing us through some other way, um, and tell your friends. Um, cool. That's it. Until uh, next time. Just call me Angel. <laughs> I'm darling.